Well, that's kind of how it happened, I, I, I think. That's kind of how it happened. Huh? Oh, Christmas. We wanted to laugh a little bit because, you know, Christmas is so many things. It's, it's, it's children, it's presents, it's trees and decorations and light and family and fun and memories and all of those things, the, the music, all that makes uh, Christmas Christmas. And we just uh, celebrate that uh, this time of the year. But as we've been thinking about uh, Christmas, uh, here on Christmas Eve, we also know that Christmas is about a journey. And many folks travel uh, over Christmas, and uh, many folks that are maybe usually here on a Sunday are, are scattered uh, all over the country visiting family. We have many of you are here, you're, you're guests uh, today because you've come in, you've traveled uh, to, to be with family, and, and traveling or, or a journey was actually a, a part of the original Christmas story. I don't know if they took a golf cart necessarily, but, uh, but traveling was, was a part uh, of that. But you know, when Mary took a trip, she had a journey. It's a journey that began with a problem. A lot of our journeys begin with problems. One of my all-time favorite quotes comes from Professor Howard, Howard Hendricks. He said, we are all faced with a series of great opportunities, brilliantly disguised as unsolvable problems. And some of you have encountered some of those this year, right? These wonderful, great opportunities that have been brilliantly disguised as unsolvable problems. And Mary had an opportunity and a problem all at once. And it set her forth on a, a journey. There was the external journeys that we know about. She made her way to Bethlehem. But before there was an external journey, there was an internal journey. There was something that took place inside of Mary. And it's that kind of just amazing story of her journey, not so much her external journeys as her internal journey, that we want to take just a few moments and reflect on this morning. So if you have a copy of God's Word with you this morning, whether paper or electronic, however you're carrying that these days, just want to encourage you to find some familiar words in Luke's Gospel, Luke chapter 1. And we find this amazing story that begins with uh, an announcement. It begins with this unexpected announcement that broke into Mary's life. Verse 26, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying, and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. Now, here, here is Mary going about her life. She has her dreams, her hopes, her plans. And then something unexpected interrupts those. This announcement, an announcement that is, that is amazing and frightening and all of those things at the same time. It's an announcement that will reorient radically her life. I mean, think about this blessing in Mary's life. Yes, she was going to be entrusted by God with this um, impossible, world-changing, eternity-changing assignment, and yet it was going to disrupt her world like nothing else ever had. 
It was going to change the relationships. It was going to change the trajectory of all of her hopes and dreams and plans. Sometimes I wonder as I reflect on that, were there people that always from that point forward rejected Mary and Joseph? Were there family members that never spoke to them again because they were convinced to the core of their being that Mary and Joseph were lying to them? Were they ostracized? Did Joseph lose business? All of these ramifications of this amazing announcement, this unexpected journey that God was setting them on. Sometimes when we think about the blessings of God in our life, we think they're always of ease or pleasure or prosperity. I mean, that plays well in America, doesn't it? And that's the reason why you can flip around uh, cable or satellite and find all these prosperity messages because it, it reverberates with us. We like that. But what we discover in real life, what we discover from God's Word is that very often God's blessings come in the most unexpected of packages, and they don't always appear easy or immediately pleasurable. They don't always translate into bigger homes and nicer cars and more exotic vacations. Sometimes God's blessings, sometimes God's journeys that He sets us on take us in a very different path. And because of that, Mary's reaction was probably similar to what sometimes our reactions are when God interrupts our plans. In verse 29, it says that she was greatly troubled. She was greatly troubled. There was this this, this anxiousness. I mean, she had to know. She had to know what was going to come of this. She had to understand. The Old Testament law was clear. There could even be a stoning at this point if, if they thought she had engaged in certain behaviors. It wasn't widely practiced in that day, but it was still the, the Old Testament law. And so all of these things had to come crashing into her consciousness in those moments to think. And sometimes when God throws a curveball, when our plans get disrupted, When God sets us off on a journey we didn't intend to go on, it creates anxiety. It creates confusion. When God does something new in our lives, our initial reaction isn't always, oh boy. A lot of times it's confusion. It's anxiety. It's uncertainty. Even if the known is not comfortable Sometimes we prefer the known to the unknown, and the unknown can disorient us. This announcement from this angelic messenger breaks into Mary's life, and initially there's disorientation, confusion, and anxiety. But in the context of that announcement, she is given this most amazing assignment. This is a most amazing assignment. Let's just continue to follow Luke's recounting of this. Verse 30, and the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, 
You will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. And he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and, is, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. She has this most uh, amazing assignment that she is going to be entrusted to be the earthly mother of God in the flesh. God wanted to do more through Mary than she could have ever imagined. She, she probably had these, these thoughts and ideas of what her life was going to look like and what God could do through a, a simple, ordinary woman like her. And, and she probably kind of had these caps in her life of this is how life works and this is how you relate to God and, and this is all that you can really expect. But when God breaks into your life, when you open up your life to God, God wants to do more through your life than you could have ever imagined. And Mary doesn't only testify to that, but countless uh, characters and stories in the Bible tell us that God wants to do more in and through our lives than we could have ever imagined. One of my favorite uh, passages of Scripture is tucked away toward the end of Ephesians 3. Now to him, Paul writes... Now to our God, now to our Christ, now to Him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us. To Him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Set on that verse a moment. He is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think because he's not limited by our thoughts. He's not limited by our perspective. He's not limited by our experience or our power. And God wants to do more. And if I can remind you this Christmas, God wants to do more in your life and through your life than you probably think is possible. But in order to get there, he may take you on an unexpected journey. He may lead you down some roads that you would have never chosen to go down yourself. But it is the pathway to the more that God wants to bring into your life. When God gives assignments, they are always God-sized assignments. And so we, we, we would ask questions like, like Mary would ask. I mean, how can this be? And there are times when, when God interrupts your life and you think, it's too much, it's too hard, it's too difficult, it's too impossible. I've never done that before. Of course, when God hands out assignments, they're always God-sized assignments. It's bigger than what you and I can do on our own. It's beyond our capabilities, beyond our power along the way. And so Mary asks a question, but it's not a question of unbelief. It's really a question of how. Oh, God, if you're going to do this, how? 
How is this going to happen since I'm a virgin? And he talks to her about the, 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 the power of the Most High will overshadow you. That God who spoke the universe into existence with just a few words can take care of this, Mary. Whatever it is that God has you facing, whatever it is you have to deal with, God's power is sufficient. If God calls you to it, I guarantee you that God will see you through it. God will see you through it, whatever it is along the way. And one of the things God so graciously does, he not only gives us a word, but sometimes he just gives us an example. He provides for us encouragement through the lives of others. And so as, as Mary's trying to process all of this, uh, what, what does the ma- messenger do? He says, let me point you to Elizabeth. Remember Elizabeth, remember Zachariah, remember your relatives. Who thought they would never, ever, ever have a child. And now she is six months pregnant. What people said was impossible, God can do. There are times when we're facing an unexpected journey, when we're faced with a God-sized assignment that we need to look to others. Look to others who who have taken on those God-sized assignments, who have walked some of those roads ahead of us, and we can find encouragement, we can find strength from their walk with the Lord. Listen, whenever God gives an assignment, he gives us at least two promises. Two promises that, that are inherent in this passage, in this assignment. The first is God's presence. That whenever God gives an assignment, he, he promises his presence. The Lord is with you. And isn't that what Christmas is all about? Emmanuel, God with us. And when God takes you on an unexpected journey, when God gives you a God-sized assignment, you can know that you don't go alone. It is God's presence and God's power. God's presence and God's power, the power of the Most High will come upon you, will overshadow you. Verse 37, that wonderful uh, just, uh, statement of God's power. For nothing, for nothing will be impossible with God. There are things that are humanly impossible, but with God, all things, whatever he calls you to, it is possible because he is with you. You have his presence and you have his power. This amazing announcement led Mary to an unexpected journey and an amazing assignment. But her response was crucial, and I want you to be reminded this Christmas of this amazing acceptance. We just read about it uh, a moment ago. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Listen, God had chosen Mary, but Mary had a choice also. Mary had a choice also. Well, when God brings to you a God-sized assignment, you choose how are you going to respond. When God takes you on an unexpected journey, you choose how am I going to travel that road? How am I going to face that problem? How am I going to tackle that which seems too big? Here in these moments, Mary experienced the grace of God. She believed the Word of God, and she accepted the will of God for her life. Mary was able to accept God's assignment 
because she belonged totally to the Lord. And that's key. That's key. I am the servant of the Lord. When that's the foundation of your life, then whatever the assignment is, whatever the unexpected journey is, you accept it. You accept it because you have already surrendered your life to the king. You have already uh, understood that you're a child, but you're a servant. You belong totally to him. So if he wants to give you a God-sized assignment that's bigger and more impossible than you ever thought, that's his right. You belong totally to him. If he wants to take you on an unexpected, unwelcome journey that you would have never signed up for on your own, you go. You go because you belong totally to him. Mary was able to accept this because she had already determined that she belonged totally to the Lord. And out of her acceptance, there came forth this amazing adoration. This song, and that's, that's kind of the theme of this series we've been looking at, the songs of Christmas, these, these songs that are recorded in Scripture for us. And, and this, it's a song that, that is permeated first and foremost by joy. Uh, joy just permeates uh, these, these verses. Let me just uh, begin kind of setting up the, before we get to the actual text of, of her song. Verse 39, in those days... Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah, and she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord." You see joy just beginning to permeate this, this joy of Elizabeth, to not only what God was doing in her life, but what God was allowing her to witness what he was doing in Mary's life and bringing Jesus. The joy even of, of John there in, in Elizabeth's womb as he leaped for joy. And as we'll see as this song unfolds here in just a moment, the joy that just permeates Mary as she comes to understand this unique assignment that's been given to her by God. You see, Mary's song that we're going to look at here in just a moment is often called the Magnificat. In fact, as some of you, if you have, have your Bible, you may even have, have that kind of heading written in there, the Magnificat. Uh, it comes from the Latin word to magnify or to glorify. And in these moments, Mary's focus wasn't on, look at me, Aren't I special? I must have been something incredible for God to, to entrust me with this assignment. No, no, no. It was all about him. It was all about him. And as we read through this song here in just a moment, I want you to, to hear and listen and watch for the number of times you'll see the expression, he has, he has, he has, at least eight times there, he has. It's, it's all about what he has done. It's all about what God has done. And in this song, she recounts three recipients of God's blessings. The first recipient is Mary herself, what God did for Mary. Verse 46, 
And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. She's magnifying God. She's rejoicing in what God has done for her, that God has entrusted her with this incredible assignment along the way. And so she begins by saying, look what God has done for me. God, I magnify you. I praise you for what you have done for me. And isn't that part of what we're called to do at Christmas? I mean, I I hope you get lots of great gifts over the next couple days. In fact, is if you have some spare ones in my size, send them my way. All right. I mean, yeah, I hope I hope I hope you get a lot of good ones. But listen, the greatest thing, the greatest thing that God has done for us, is sending His Son Jesus Christ. The greatest gift of all, the gift that every one of us needed. And that's the second thing that Mary praises God for. The recipient of God's blessings is not just Mary, but it's all of us. What God did for all of us. Let's continue through this song, verse 50. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud and the faults of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. That, that he, has, he has done something for us. He has come to those who recognize their need, recognize that they have a, a spiritual poverty, that there's nothing that they can do to, to, to reconcile themselves to a holy God because of their rebellion and because of their sin. And yet God is doing something in and through Mary's life that will reverberate through the generations, will reverberate throughout eternity that Jesus Christ came to rescue us. Jesus Christ came to save us. Jesus Christ came to to, to melt the the arrogant pride in our hearts and, and put us in a position where humbly we cry out and say, I need you. I need the forgiveness that only you can bring. I need the healing that only you can bring. I need the life that only you can bring. And she celebrates that God, in fulfillment of all of his promises, is doing this not just for her, not just for one nation, but for all people, for all nations throughout the generations. What God did for Mary, what God did for us. And then she closes her song by celebrating what God did for Israel. Verse 54, and he has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. Everything that God was doing in these moments was fulfillment of all the promises that he had given in what we now call the Old Testament. All the promises to Abraham. All the promises to David. All the things that the Old Testament law and sacrifices pointed forward to found their fulfillment in Jesus who was to come. And in these moments, she celebrates. Celebrates that not only her, not only the, all generations and all peoples, but most particularly all the promises to Israel were being fulfilled in Jesus Christ. He is the one who kept his promise. 
kept his promise to the nation of Israel. Now let's try to bring this together. The Christmas story includes the story of Mary's journey. But not just her journeys to see Elizabeth, not even just her journey to Bethlehem, not that journey that she had to flee with her newborn child to to Egypt to, to keep him safe from a king who wanted to destroy him, not just her journey ultimately back to Nazareth, but it records for us her internal journey. A journey that took her from anxiety to adoration. Anxiety. She was greatly troubled. And then a few verses later we read her just bursting forth in this song of adoration. And how did she get there? She had to go through a passageway. And you can label that passageway acceptance, surrender, or trust. How do you and I move from anxiety to adoration? The same way that Mary did, through acceptance. I am the Lord's servant. May it be done to me as you have said. By surrendering to his will, to his agenda, to his plan. By trusting that even if you don't yet fully understand how, that God is able to make a way. Now, here's what I know. I know a few of your stories. And I know over this past year, God has taken some of you on an unexpected journey. You're not this Christmas where you thought you would be last Christmas. There are things that have come into your life that you would have never signed up for. If it had been a multiple choice test, you would have not chosen the journey you're on right now. God has a way of bringing unexpected journeys into our lives. I'm not a prophet but I will make a pretty sure prediction. If God allows us to live to next Christmas, there are some of us who are going to go on an unexpected journey over the next 365 days. God's going to bring something into our lives, allow something into our lives that we didn't expect and would have never chosen. And the question is, When God brings that to my life, how am I going to respond? When God brings into my life a journey that I've never signed up for, how am I going to respond? When God gives to me an assignment that is too big for me and disrupts my plans, how am I going to respond? Now listen. Some of you know our story. Susan and I, God allowed us to find each other by his grace after we both lost spouses to cancer. 
we had all sorts of ideas of what our first Christmas together was going to look like. Included in that was not trips to an oncologist for breast cancer. It's an unexpected journey. And listen, what I'm telling you is not just Christmas fluff, all right? It is gospel truth. It is gospel truth. And and I'm going to tell you that when God takes you on an unexpected journey, you have God's presence. He goes with you. If you'll allow him, you will experience God's power. He will enable you to do what you don't think you can do. He will enable you to to endure what you don't think you can endure. I'm here to tell you this Christmas that if God takes you on an unexpected journey, if God gives you a God-sized assignment, you can count on him. You can count on his presence. You can count on his power. You can count on his faithfulness. When that unexpected journey comes, you can resent it or you can accept it. You can resist it or you can surrender to God in the midst of it. One is the pathway of misery. The other is the pathway of rejoicing. When God brings an unexpected journey, a wonderful opportunity brilliantly disguised as an unsolvable problem, you get to make a choice. Will you surrender yourself to him in faith? Will you seek not the escape, but his glory? And will you trust in his power? I'm going to tell you this Christmas, if you will, you will experience his joy, his peace, and his purpose being fulfilled in your life. And my friends, that is an awesome, awesome Christmas. Let's go to the Lord together in prayer, please. Oh, Father, how we thank you that you are sovereign over times and seasons. You are sovereign over the nations. You are the one who sovereignly gives God-sized assignments and allows into our life unexpected journeys. Well, Father, we thank you that in the midst of all of those things, whether we would label them good or bad, you are at work. You have given us the greatest gift of all, the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ, who has provided for us forgiveness, life, salvation, power, peace, purpose, and joy that we can experience even on an unexpected journey. And so, Father, this Christmas, among the many, many, many things we say thank you for, we say thank you. Thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for your presence and your power. 
And anew and afresh this morning, we give to you the gift of ourselves. We are the Lord's servants. May it be done unto us just as you have said. And I'm just going to invite you right now just to remain still in the presence of the Lord. And maybe in the hustle and bustle of this season, these next couple of minutes will be precious time just to be still in the presence of the Lord. And I'm going to ask you to pray a servant's prayer. I'm just going to ask you just to to pray in your heart and head right now. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And as you listen, there's some questions in your note-taking guide that we provide to help prompt you to listen to the Spirit today, inviting you to make this very, very personal. And I'm just going to let you sit with those. Maybe just between you and the Lord, you need to have a conversation. Maybe you just need to write down a word or a sentence just to say, God, this, this is the, the, the assignment that's too big for me. This is the unexpected journey that you have me on. God, this is what it's going to look like for me to live a life surrendered and trusting in you. Before you leave today, we want to give everyone an opportunity to receive the greatest gift of all.